David Lemieux versus Spike O'Sullivan. Post-fight thoughts. Dun-dun-dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Still waiting on that uh, Triple G rematch, so I thought I'd pop out another podcast here about the uh, Sullivan Lemieux fight. For those of you who haven't, follow me on Twitter, at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor.fm, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. So this one ended very quickly. We did a pre-fight on this as well, and we touched on that David is dangerous early. That's just the truth. You can't get around it, no matter what you think about his skills being off balance, some flaws he has. He's dangerous early. He's proven that time and time again, and he did it again tonight. The guy's good for about five rounds. We touched on his uh, stamina issues after that. But he's always in the fight because he has punching power, legitimate punching power. And he has faced world-class competition. He hasn't won them all, but you know his strengths. You know his weaknesses. We went over that. So with uh, Sullivan fight, basically he caught him with a single shot and put him out. So when we're looking at this, and what did we, uh, how did we cap the fight? Well, Originally, we said Lemieux was, uh, you know, dangerous early, and Gary, of course, would face trouble early. The one area where I think I was really off with this is I think I overestimated Gary's uh, ability to take a punch. I just think that I gave too much credit off the Eubank fight to Spike's ability to take a punch, and I didn't think David was just going to blast him out that quick. Now, could I see David winning? Yes, we touched on this. I told you guys if you liked Lemieux, I liked the inside for him. It was basically the same thing for Spike, unless you got the original line at plus 230, that's what he opened at. When we talked about it, he was lower. So I said, if you liked Spike, take him inside. And again, if you liked Lemieux, that's how I saw him winning and probably early. So that did come out that way, depending on what side you were on. Obviously, if you're on Spike's side, it didn't matter what line you got him at because the guy just, he didn't show up. Early on, it looked like it was going to be the type of fight that I capped, it looked like he was taking the punches good on the gloves and not seriously getting hurt. But as soon as they clinched up and you saw Lemieux hit him with a couple body shots, and you just had that feeling about, whoa. You know, you could kind of see it on his face like, whoa, this is a different type of power. And then Lemieux snuck that punch in and boom, Spike was just out. Originally, I thought the stoppage was a little quick, but upon the replays, watching it over and over and over again, it looked to me like Spike was out of it. I Even though the round was almost over I doubt he probably would have made it if they let him go on I don't even know if he would have got up all the way before 10 so I'm not going to argue with that stoppage at all I think it was a good stoppage and Spike just wasn't there he just got hit and he couldn't take the power of David Lemieux so looking at this going back obviously Lemieux inside was the right side I have no problem again with the cap of taking uh, Spike O'Sullivan either straight at 230 or inside if we thought you know it was going to go the way that we thought obviously it didn't work out that way the only other issue I had was um, I don't believe uh, the nine and a half was right at all going into that fight I thought you know, it's probably going to be really close to this, and I believe I mentioned that, and I was totally off with that. It went one round. So obviously the under was a given had we known that uh, Spike wasn't going to be able to take his punches. And that's let me explain to you how those two go hand in hand. So when you cap this fight, and I'm looking at it, right, we, we already got the David side. That's not a problem. We already talked about David's 
dangerous early. And then after five rounds, these things happen. That's irrelevant here, but we already talked about with the capping. So David fit into the mold of what we said. He was strong early. It was dangerous early. The problem became is when I capped Spike's chin as being better than what it was and David's inability to one-punch him. Did I think he could stop him early? Yes, we talked about that. Put a bunch of beating on him over and over. Round five, round six, round seven, they pull him. We already spoke about that. So I knew David could win the fight. It wasn't that. It's the way he won it. So that was a miscap on my part that I gave Spike so much credit in the durability area. Now, how did that lead to the over-under? Well, because if I'm believing that Spike O'Sullivan is durable enough to get through five rounds and then put on his own offense or David starts to slow, this is where we start getting rounds in there. I never thought uh, Spike was going to one-punch David. Go back and listen to the podcast. I always thought the only way Spike was going to win was to take all the abuse early come on mid to late rounds and try to get David out of there mid to late as he fatigues. So uh, Spike early wasn't even into the cards. So that messed with the nine and a half right there because now I'm saying, so Spike isn't going to stop David early. Spike's very tough. I don't gonna, I don't think David's going to stop him early. So now we're already looking at round six, seven, eight, nine, and the, the over-under was nine and a half. So this is where it got murky. So you can see, for future reference, if you screw up one area of a cap, it can have a chain reaction, a domino effect that affects other things when you look at them. So in this case, it affected over-under and the ability to pick which side I thought. Remember, I said stay away from it completely. So it's not like I said take the over. That didn't come in. But at the same time, I didn't say take under. And that's all based back when I was originally capping and looking at two, two fighters. And you know what? Shit happens. That's just the way it is. Uh, did I miscap some of it? Certainly I miscapped it. What was the biggest part that screwed everything up? The durability of Spike. Point blank. Did I hit David right? Of course. The strengths on David are the strengths on David. Go back and listen to it. There's no contest. It's the way he fights. It's exactly his strengths are his strengths and his weaknesses are his weaknesses. That was spot on. So hopefully anybody that bet Lemieux listened to that and got the inside. Obviously anyone on Spike, well, he didn't do what we thought he could do. He didn't have what we thought he might have. And again, nobody said it was going to be easy. Remember, we thought Spike was going to have to go through hell to even get to the 6th, 7th, 8th round to be able to take advantage of some of the flaws Davis showed. But... Spike wasn't able to do that. So as soon as Lemieux was able to close that distance, then the skill level, the power, definitely the power level, and just the world stage level that David's been on showed. So that's something that you always want to look at, assess. I'm big on honesty and accuracy. I'm always telling you that. I always told you I wouldn't be perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't want to be perfect. I don't try to be perfect. It's just not possible. But when you do have um, fights like this where you capped an aspect of it wrong, it allows you, if you're being honest, to go back, look at it, and then say, where did I go wrong? Because that's the only way you're going to get better. And not only that, but if you're just talking about a specific fighter, that's the only way you're going to be able to accurately cap that guy in the future. So could I accurately cap David right now? Of course I could, because I accurately capped him previous. 
So his part was okay, no problems. What didn't I accurately cap? Well, the durability of Spike. So what would I cap him now? Well, there's a difference here. It depends on the level, and that's what Spike showed. He is not world-class level. That's just all there is to it. He just got blown out by a guy who's fought in the world stage, right? So is he durable to a certain level? These are the things that a good capper, an honest capper, a capper that's not into pissing matches and trying to prove to the world that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, will accurately and honestly do after each fight. If you haven't listened, go back and look at my uh, Chocolatito post-fight thoughts. I tell you straight out of the gate, I capped it basically perfect. It went exactly how we said it would. Sometimes that happens. I'm not saying that to toot my horn. Just like I'm on here saying, man, I didn't cap Spike's durability right at all. And then that messed up my mind for nine and a half over under. These are, the, I told you guys from the start, when I started these podcasts, I'll bring it to you. I'll bring the heat to you. I will tell you the truth. I have no problem with it. I'm doing this just to interact with you guys. I'm doing this for the, um, experience something new like i do this for a living i don't do the podcast for a living but i I make these bats i don't have to worry about you know uh, a pissing contest with people on social media or people downvoting stuff on youtube i'll get into that that's a separate that's a separate podcast for a different day but i do this guys to hopefully give you my opinion and if you value it great and if you think i'm the worst thing ever then you should fade everything i tell you but it's a good way to open up people's eyes it opens up my eyes i like talking through it i like explaining to you guys why i pick something why i don't like something just like the spike fight so i talked it out i explained to you guys from a to z why i liked what what i thought was going to happen how i thought it was going to happen when i thought it was going to happen who's doing this nobody's doing this and i'm doing it for free but i like it i don't mind it i enjoy conversating with you guys I enjoy the back and forth. I enjoy hearing what you guys think. I enjoy hearing what odds you got. I enjoy hearing what, how you think the fight is going to play out. To me, being a combat sports fun, fan, this is a fun stuff. I did a MMA fight, Mark Hunt. Then I did a post-fight thought on that. I did the Chocolatito, post-fight on that. The Lemieux, post-fight on that. The Canelo fight that's coming up, there'll be a post-fight on that. I'm going to bring it to you and I'm going to keep pushing this stuff out. And hopefully those that like me and gravitate towards me will continue to support, continue to like, continue to follow, continue to interact, and we'll keep rocking this thing. So going forward, looking at Spike, if he gets any more regional type fights and the lines are whatever they are, if it's something that's bettable, then we'll come back and we'll talk about Spike and we'll talk about the Lemieux fight and we'll talk about how I thought this and how I thought that and how he matches up with his next opponent. And it's going to be the exact same thing with Lemieux. Lemieux's in the mix for the winner of G. Canelo. So we're going to be talking about him because if these guys have a definitive outcome tonight, 
and no third fight is on the table, then it's probably going to be Lemieux in there with one of them or both of them or who knows how that goes. Now, if it's not definitive, could I see a third fight? Of course, especially if they're making a lot of money. It seems like it's sold out, like it's going to do well on pay-per-view. Then, of course, that could throw a wrench into things and maybe Lemieux doesn't get one of those guys. And then it would be a case, is he going to sit out? Is he going to wait for them to fight again? Is he going to fight a, a keep busy fight? We would have to look at it then. But Lemieux is definitely in the mix. So we're going to be right back in there capping Lemieux saying, okay, what are his strengths? What are his weaknesses? And what's going on with his opponent? And this is a fun. To me, it's fun. Like, I get a kick out of this stuff. Not only do I make money doing it, but it's just fun. Like I told you guys when I started the podcast, I don't consider it work. I'm not lying to you guys. I really don't consider it work. I just find it asinine that people go out of their way to troll. That's why I do some of the other videos about mindset and wealth and health and happiness because there's a lot of unhappy people out there. Now, I hope I can change some minds. I hope that I can uplift people. I hope that I can put money in your pocket. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow. Join the Fight Junkie family, guys. I appreciate all of you. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.